Hi, this is Stuttering John Melendez from The Howard Stern Show. And for some really stupid reason, you're listening to... Insufferable Bastards. Great name for a podcast, morons. I know it is, John. These fucking superhero movies. How many fucking more can they do? Good point, Bill. All right, speaking of people you don't want to hang out with, I happen to stumble across this show. Shut up, Carl. Treasure to me. I love Judge oh, Dredd. I absolutely love <laughs> Judge Dredd. See what I did there? Hey, everybody. I'm Carlos Danger. Welcome to Insufferable Bastards. We used to be known as the Mobile Horror Companion, but we changed our name at least a year ago. Although I still get confused. Joining me is my co-host, Mr. Brian Spears. Hello, Brian. Hello, hello. You just screamed like manch, like a crazy person into your microphone. I think you must have turned that up somehow or something. It was like, hello, hello. Theme music, by the way, Bloodbath Birdsey, Satanic Panic 81. Google that. Good horror synth band. So we're going to be talking about today, pretty much what we agree on is the best show on television at the moment. The name I don't know. Winning Time. Winning Time, the story of the Los Angeles Lakers in the 70s and 80s when they became uh, Showtime, the birth of Showtime. Pat Riley and Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Michael Cooper, other guys, Byron Allen, one of the Byrons, not the Byron Allen, one of them, I don't remember, the guy from The Wire. Uh, But it's the show, I mean, it's a great show. Like, I, I, I think, like... This year, the last six months, the two best shows that I've seen uh, was the uh, w- was this Winning Time and uh, Severance on Apple TV, which wrapped up a couple of weeks back. But Brian and I are both sort of taken aback by the negativity being thrown at Winning Time by basically the LA Lakers, who are making their feelings known through entertainment publications and sports publications. Yes. Which in turn is enraging sports fans who are sort of think this movie is the, is the devil incarnate. Also, they, I believe magic Johnson and the Lakers have their own documentaries coming out. There's one, I think it just got released on Apple TV, magic Johnson. Yeah, That's the magic Johnson. I think showtime is doing showtime with, the LA Lakers, I saw Genie Bus talking about it and basically saying that it's going to be like a nine part series similar to the Michael Jordan one and about this season. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, there's been a 30 for 30 there that exists. There's there's a lot of good sports documentaries out there. I, I don't know. I don't see I don't have any problems with this show. I don't care no. if, if a single if every word of it is a lie, it is entertaining. They are getting sued though. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. What, I mean, the L.A. Lakers are an institution, right? In every sense of the word, they are an institution out there. Yeah, they are They're more than they, just basketball. They hold sway over a lot of stuff out there, including media coverage. 
So, I mean, it's we that's our, and there's an article published April 19th in Variety by Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Actually, it's an interview with Kareem Abdul Jabbar. The article was written by Variety staff writer Zach Scharf. So, if there's any organization on the planet that knows how to get their point across and how to get media access, and, and you know, you're going to hear from them if they're unhappy, it's the Los Angeles Lakers. Yes. They're not victims, though. Like, I, I think like, this is a big, big institution. So, they are not being quiet about the fact that they are unhappy with this show. And they said so from the get-go. Yes. They have more problems with this than they did the book that this story is based on, written by Mayapak, New York native, right next to where me and Brian grew up, Jeff Perlman. And I guess the, 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 the complaint is that this show embellishes and has completely fictionalized scenes that was not even included in that book by Jeff Perlman. And Perlman's kind of a writer knowing for stirring the shit. I mean, okay. he wrote books on the USFL. He was the first guy that widely reported on how the Mets were a bunch of cokeheads, the 86 Mets. That's okay, all. That's, he did that whole 86. That's kind of his, okay. yeah. He's not the Kitty Kelly of uh, sports journalism, but for a while, yeah, he was the guy that would be raw. You also, know? He's, not, he's not complaining that they've, uh, you know, heightened his book. No, he's, he's, now he's promoting he's, this show. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, yeah, he's, I mean, go, oh, geez, I mean, dude. Raises his well, I mean, profile. Again, I, mean, if, I mean, even if he didn't like it, he wouldn't. He would love it. And and also, oh, yeah, no. But he said he said yeah. He he thinks it's great. I also, if they are, I don't know that much other than outcomes and like major history about this. You know, I was kind of young when this was all happening, but I know the 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 the, the grand scheme of the story. So I'm looking. I'm not looking everything up as factually. I'm just going along for this ride. It's and the characters are bringing me into this. And sure, it's it's cool to know, like, oh wow, that's supposed to be Kareem. Oh, that's magic. Like, but again, I don't I don't know anything about their personal lives. You cannot deny that this show is engrossing, compelling, oh and God. I am not. I haven't watched a basketball game since probably the Lakers won a championship. I watched the Lakers and the Celtics, Michael Jordan, the New York Knicks, and the Patrick Ewing era. You know, I watched all that. The Lakers were like the New York Yankees. They were the evil, an evil empire. You know what yes. I mean? Like as yes. a New Especially Yorker, because. Where the, there were two evil yeah. empires. There was the Boston Celtics and the L.A. Lakers. L.A. was the big. I mean, they had Jack Nicholson at, at courtside. Now we're supposed to cry and feel sorry for them because their feelings are hurt because a show maybe takes liberties. You cannot deny this is a compelling show. You cannot deny that the performances in this show are outstanding. Are outstanding. It's Top like network-level, Serpico-level, 1970s Godfather-level acting and, and characters in here. And I, I just give it a break. And well, I'll argue. I'm sorry, Brian. Go ahead. I'm, I'm just. It, well, it's, it's starting to piss me off the negativity it, that's going at. The, well, and these are institutions that are there that are pooping on. And this the movie thing is, the one thing is, I'm fans. Not, I'm not seeing enough praise for the show. Like no one's watching this show. It, it seems to be like John C. Riley's given the performance of his career. He's one of oh our greatest God. character actors, and he is nailing it in every scene. Sally Field. Oh, uh, what's his name? Who? Uh, the guy from a uh, Band of Brothers and. Uh, and Office Space plays Jerry Tarkanian. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, the yeah. Guy, he's, he's the, I mean, he's the UNLV coach. He's unrecognizable and he's perfect. Yes, and, and yes, like, yes. it's, 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 a, I mean, they're playing Magic Johnson. If you're 48 year, years old, like me and Brian, I, Brian are, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, these are the most recognizable sports yes. figures in the history of our lives. And you've got these young actors in debut performances killing it. And you're gonna sit there and, also, and crap all the over the show because it's maybe it's it, it embellishes it a bit for the for the point of the story. Get out of here. It's I don't know. Like 
don't we all love the bad news bears? It's the same thing. Like it's more compelling. Right, exactly. Exactly. So you have to. And, and, and guess what? If there's something fictionalized in it, go with it. It's that good. It's that funny. It's the team's journey. That's what we're watching. And that's what I don't get. You, you can't. Real life isn't as fun. Hey, so and I, hey, hey, guess what? Ride. Guess what? Tommy Lee's penis didn't really talk, people. You know what yeah. I mean? The ta- that did, No, that didn't happen. Tommy Lee doesn't have a talking penis. It's for the show. They, they have a disclaimer up there. Hey, we're making some of this up. But, I mean, there's so much good about this show just in terms of the art and the storytelling. And I'm sorry, this and, is and the just, best thing that's been on HBO in generations. And, and, and John C. Riley. It's just you've never seen John C. Riley this good. Like it's it's everything you can imagine about John C. Riley. And you know what? I don't know his name, but the fellow playing magic, like you, for you close your eyes. Like he's magic, dude. Like, he's magic. magic. Johnson's the or most at least charismatic. The magic Johnson, yes, that I grew up on. Magic exactly Johnson, that. like I'm saying, like Magic Johnson is the most charismatic, most recognizable sports figures of us figure of the 1980s. I'd argue, hands down, even more so than Michael Jordan, because he was he had that smile. He was Magic freaking Johnson. And I remember, Unless, dude, I remember when we were in high school and he, in that press conference where he announced he had AIDS. That was world changing. That was world changing. Also. I just remember the whole bird magic thing, you know, like growing up, it was all over. You know, you were Boston, you were Laker, you know, like it was like it was everywhere when we were kids. Also, that Boston game, they uh, I think it was episode seven. That might have been the greatest thing I've ever <laughs> seen was- on TV. In the the sense, they like, finally, everyone's like, oh, the commission was so good and whatever the badge, whatever the hell that show yeah. was, which I, I that show was a piece of crap. He's good in this. Michael Chicklets has yeah. he's great as Red Auerbach. And hey, is anybody in the city of Boston crying? Oh, Boston's uh, a weirdly racist, like insanely yeah. racist town. That's how everyone paints Boston now since the Dude, departed. It was the it's greatest like, thing. It's stop crying. It's a, they they would do like bad. And this is where it was kind of cheesy. The first production value wise on the show, it was all the crowd yelling at magic. When a girl from Boston in a box accent says, hey, magic, suck my dick. <laughs> yeah, just- it, it was the funniest thing I've ever heard. And because and it was just hey, uh, L.A. sucks. You know, Boston rules. That was to me the funniest thing. And again, like you just said, no one's complaining at all. Yeah, it paints lost. them as a bunch. Of, I mean, look, I'm an Irishman, right? I'm a fat Irish Catholic. A bunch of drunk, angry Irishmen. And, I, you know, it's like, come on. It's a great story. I mean, come on. Not everything has to. We need some good entertainment. And it tells. And look, OK, so there's Jerry Buss, right? Is that his name? No, I'm sorry. Uh, West. Yes. What the hell's his name? The, uh, the 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 former coach, the guy they they designed the NBA logo on, that yes. dude, right? So now his Jerry real West, st- Jerry West, right? So he's a legend, right? He's a legend among legends, and he was abused as a kid, struggled with depression his whole life, talked about all that, um, and so you see him in the show, and he's at first he's almost kind of he's a psycho buffoon a little bit, and he and he's he's eaten, he's 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 struggling with these internal demons because he never felt good enough, right? Partly because his father was a wacko, right? But, okay, and, and people are really upset because they're very protective of West, right? But I don't agree that he's unlikable. It's a no, character arc. You get to know this guy. Your first impression is that this guy's a psycho. And then little by little, show episode by episode, the onion gets peeled back. And, you know, he's a likable goddamn character. Is Yeah, he's complicated. He's not, this is not a black and white biopic 
uh, a, a performance. It's not the story that's your typical crappy biopic, which is 99% of the biopics that have been on also, television and film since the dawn of man. This tries something also, different. It's not resolved. Issues aren't resolved in one episode. Right. And yeah, like, and this, the, this, this of, season, like, could, this show could go on for years. Like you can't judge the guy's perform, the guy's whole character by, by one or two episodes or even eight no. episodes at this point. But you it's can an ensemble see cast. Every, every character is growing in every episode. And that's mm -hmm. what I'm like. So you like you can't judge. Give it that, a, that yeah, whole. Just, yeah. Let it let it run out. Follow the story. Let them develop because that's what's happening live right in front of you. And, like, and you know what it. you can do, people suspend disbelief. Just acknowledge also, the fact that, hey, you know what? Let me let this story take me on a ride. Try to put aside what I know. Try to put aside what I know from real life. Try to put aside the L.A. Lakers as an institution continually dumping on this thing and well, running again, a PR campaign against it. It is a great show. And Adam McKay should be credited for doing something this audacious, having the balls to, doing, to do something this audacious in 2022. Also, I do think to look at, I don't want to sound like conspiracy theory, but theorists, but look at who's spreading the information. Because all I'm going to say is all these other entities that seem so upset, they have something else at stake somewhere else. You mean they're, like, they're, they're well, I mean, it's good publicity for their documentaries. If that's what well, yeah, well, I'm saying, but don't they, I'm sure there's going to show them that they're angels, that they never did anything wrong. Like there's no, you know, even if things aren't, you know, made up, like what's their, they're, they're going to have an agenda in their story as well. Right. Yeah. 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 Be equally as as harsh on that. Then you know what I mean. Yeah. Go, like any, it, as a, was an L.A. Laker ever arrested or accused of a crime? Maybe not convicted between 1976 and 1990. We can get that stupid. Yeah. You know what I mean. Do you have to include all that? Also, like we don't. Was Magic know, Johnson it, making mistakes in his personal life? Perhaps I think so. Yeah, I think is that so, a bad yeah. thing to say? God bless the guy, but come on. But also, it's TV. Everything, any type of movie or TV, we all know has been altered. It, it, you, you know, it, well, this one does say it, but they all like, we, you know, when you watch a TV show about it, real it, life, it's, it's not changed. And this is not 30 by 30. It, it's not, it's not no. pretending to be a documentary. No, every book, you know what? Anytime a book is made into a movie, char three characters become one character. Like it's just a storytelling tool. Overall, they're just telling the story of the team. And if you have an issue with that, then, you know, you sh you'll never like something like this. Yeah, I mean, this has, uh, I mean, I really, not, the show was first on. I'm like, they're breaking the fourth wall. I was sort of, it was too showy to me. The, so the, the camera, Lakers, but like the, the, the camera always changing, you know, like the formats changing. Yeah, it, it but, takes, but you know, it, it after a while, it, it just flowed over me and I'm into it every week and I can't wait for it to be on. It's the type of show where I'm like, Wait, let me skip a week or two so I can reward, reward, reward yeah. excuse me, myself with like two hours straight of this. So Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you might remember. Here's another thing. Like, hey, 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 Kareem, you were in Game of Death, dude. Hey, dude, I think easy. he's awesome in this. Like his character he's, is awesome. I don't, in that's what I don't. That's what I understand. People all oh, Kareem. Kareem's a badass. He's the moral center of the whole show. And, and oh, come on. But it's uh, a wisdom. I mean, that scene that Kareem had with the uh, Majesty. Magic's His dad. father. Yes. That was great. And again, if that didn't happen, I get it. Fine. You, you made that up. But guess what? You both look pretty goddamn badass. I don't know. I just think I don't. What's the. All right. So what does he say? So uh, we'll just read some of this. This is from Variety. Again, it was printed April 19th. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar slams HBO's winning time. 
boring, shallow, quote unquote, deliberately dishonest. Boring? Yeah, see that? You can't say it's boring. I mean, come on. Quote, how did so many talented people go so terribly wrong? Unquote. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar writes in a new blog post criticizing HBO's drama series Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. Why they didn't call this show Showtime, I'll never understand. But uh, anyway. They didn't have the rights. And I think the show, I think Showtime's calling it Showtime. They couldn't get it. That's the whole thing. That makes sense. The The Lakers own Showtime. I think they own that phrase is what it is. The basketball icon goes on to call the series deliberately dishonest and drearily dull. The show, which is executive produced by Adam McKay, tracks the 1980 Showtime era of the Los Angeles Lakers and stars Solomon Hughes as the younger Abdul-Jabbar. Who's great? That guy? Yes, that guy. Holy cow. I mean, this is the... I haven't seen a show with this many great performances of unknown actors since The Wire. Okay, I'll give you that, yeah. Abdul-Jabbar starts his blog post by clarifying that his critical reaction to Winning Time has nothing to do with how he's portrayed by Hughes in the show. Wow, come on. He's like, well, I'm I'm not... Everyone's I'm I'm picking and choosing. Instead, he writes that the show commits the sin of being boring or over and over. (laughs) I mean, there is nothing boring about this show. It is the most wildly entertaining show plot-wise, camera-wise, music-wise... That's been on HBO Listen, in years. I was shouting watching a basketball game the other day, like literally watching a, you know, a staged basketball game. It's an incredible show. Right. And how many times? I mean, and I, what I also love about this, this show is like uh, there was the matchup of whatever one game they had to win. They don't even show you the yeah. end. It doesn't do no. all every cliche that's been in every sports movies everywhere. This is not Hoosiers. You know what I mean? Hey. This is I don't know. It makes, oh, what's his Adrian Brody? You're like, oh wow, now I, I guess I get why the guy won an Oscar. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah, you Adrian, know what I mean. Adrian like, Brody is acting for the first time yeah. in, in 20 years. Abdul Jabbar also knocked McKay, whose work he used to admire, and also, yeah, okay, so Adrian Brody is Pat Riley. Everybody of our age remembers Pat Riley as. He was the guy that Kurt Russell based his character on in Tequila Sunrise, right? That was the PR of the time. Yeah, yeah. Pat yeah. Riley, coolest man ever to to like put on sunglasses. And then you see in this show, I love that they portray him as this. They're all complex dudes who, yeah, they were basketball stars, and we think of those guys as giants among men, and it's our royalty. None of them act like that or feel like that, and I think that's no. great storytelling. There, maybe it's not the truth. Maybe they were just perfect people from day one and did nothing wrong and had no flaws. But this makes a much more compelling story for a flawed, unathletic, and much more relatable. Like myself. Yeah, like relatable. Right? Why is that a bad thing? All right. Uh, so yeah, Abdul Jabbar also knocked McKay, whose work he used to admire. I thought the poor quality of "Don't Look Up" was an anomaly. I mean, "Don't Look Up" has its moments, but overall, okay, take it easy. But Kareem, you were in Game of Death, man. He's also in like you know, I don't know. He's in Airplane yeah. and Game of Death. Airplane. <laughs> I hope, I mean, Airplane's a classic, but it's not because of Kareem. It's not because of Kareem. I hope that perhaps because he was overwhelmed by his passion about global warming, he let his commitment overshadow his critical eye, which I think that's that's a valid critique of Don't Look Up. But now that Winning Time suffers from some of the same shallowness and lazy writing, I'm not so sure. Okay, so I mean, I'm not, we're not, and we're not reading his blog post. 
I don't have it up. This is variety summation of the blog post. But my question there is, well, what's an example? Give me an example of something that was lazy or boring. Where were you bored in this show, Kareem? Abdul-Jabbar criticizes winning time for bland characterization. <laughs> Adding yes, the characters are crude stick figure representations that resemble real people. The way Lego Han Solo resembles Harrison Ford? Well... I mean, they're actors to, in a movie, Kareem. What do you, I don't understand. Each character. See, I, I, is, I don't believe that. I think these characters are fleshed out. I, I yeah. really. The performance. I mean, sure. Sure. There's background guys that we haven't gotten to know and they're back there and they, you know, hey, you look like the guy and you're, you're in the background. But no, all these characters that are getting their pieces, every one of them is delivering and it's like they're well acted. They're well written. I, I know I nothing about Michael Cooper. Right. I remember Michael Cooper because he, you know, he was one of the Lakers. He had a, like he had the Jerry Curl hairdo, you know, and he was, he was one of the guys yeah. out there on the court. The fact that they present him as this guy who, I mean, he's kind of like, he lacks uh, self-confidence. Yeah. And, but it's a joy to see him when he gets, you know, the, 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 the stand-in coach puts him in and, you know, Michael Cooper goes on. We know he goes on to become a, an important part of the team. Okay, so maybe it's lazy writing that they just his defining characteristic is that he has no confidence, but that's human and relatable, man. Yeah, it's relatable. I it's a story. I this is really making me mad. And uh, also, just John C. Riley's, uh, like you know, his mother. He finds out his mother's ill. Like his world is ending. Like there's a whole scene where he talks about his mother. That is just incredible. It's it's it, it's simply like to say these people aren't characters and that it's easy and low, like very subpar writing is wrong. Yeah, you just you just you just have sh shitty taste. I mean, that's just Jason Clark. And I'll say that name again. Jason yes. Clark is is perfect stars. I don't know if he's stars again. I don't know. They throw around around the world stars now that stars John C. Riley. Jason Clark stars in winning time as Lakers coach as Lakers head coach Jerry West. Well, that's only in the first episode. But anyway, I wonder if this was held for a long time. Actually, that's interesting. That's so interesting to me. It's April 19th. This came out. Where they're finally getting around. To yeah. Play. So were these all pieces that were written when the show was coming out and they held on to them? Because there's been a steady stream. Well, of again, these... there's been a lot. Wow. And there's there's been so many articles about how like unreal this show is rather than. Like, are we watching the actors? I mean, we're we're talking, you know, like we just had Emmys and I know we're not a big, you know, but this show deserves its own. Just give give the Lakers winning time show its own special Emmy. Just give them any because awards. It should be right not, now. Yeah, it should be nominated for every character ca category. It's that good of a show that blows like, my I think mind. Superheroes have like warped people's mind that everything has to be black, white, good, evil, good guy, bad guy. Like, truth, not truth. Yeah, it, would, it has no to be a documentary. Way. Maybe that's why every yeah. other movie made nowadays is just a remake of a documentary. These fucking superhero movies. All right, so, but that the tense of that sentence, and maybe it's just poor editing here, but that jumps out to me. Jason Clark stars in Winning Time as Lakers head coach Jerry West. Yeah, he did seven weeks ago when it was. It, that just makes me think all these are written in advance and held yeah. like obituaries for famous people. Every newspaper in the world has, has obituaries pre-written and like Artie Lang and probably has a million. Uh, and you, <laughs> you know, you, so then that's how they get them on so fast. Cause they're pre-written. Abdul Jabbar has a close relationship with the real West and said, it's a shame the way they treat him on the HBO series. Jerry has openly discussed his struggle with mental health, especially depression. 
instead of exploring yeah, his issues with compassion. But aren't they showing that? Yeah, I think so. Maybe it's exaggerated. Like, maybe maybe maybe, maybe it's, it's for dramatic effect. But it, it hits you harder. And I guess and guess I I, I understand why Kareem. Yes, you had a personal relationship. He loves like, the guy. You, I get it. And the guy's like, an icon. And I get it. But on overall, like this has got to play in Ohio. This has got to play in Iowa. This has got to play in New York. The this people, has play not the people LA. in the room, not to the Lakers. Yeah. It's got to appeal and to not, everybody else other than the Lakers. Everybody. And I think they're actually telling a story because the way I look at it, the better the team's doing, he's getting like better. And he's, you know, finding his own position. Because he couldn't handle his original but He's job. finding out who he is, what his issues are, what he's got to do to straighten himself <laughs> out and how he can contribute and help others and be a real leader. If that's not a positive story about a character, I don't know what is. Instead yeah. of exploring his issues with compassion as a way to better understand the man, they turn him into a wild E. Coyote cartoon to be laughed at. No, they do not. They do not. No. He never broke golf clubs. Okay. He didn't throw his trophy through the window. Sure, those dramatic actions make dramatic mo or those actions make dramatic moments, but they reek of I don't know how to say this word, exploitation of the man rather than exploration of the character. I disagree. Abdul Jabbar yeah. ended his blog post by encouraging readers to check out other projects yeah, that see, this is <laughs> that better explore the Lakers dynasty. One of these is Magic Johnson's new Apple TV documentary, They Call Me Magic. While another is an upcoming 10-part documentary oh, series on the Lakers that's launching on Hulu. Okay, so the Lakers don't like fictionalized accounts. of. I mean, I, I, again, though, there is a lawsuit brewing. I think, I think Jerry West might have brought it. Okay. Uh, again, I, I don't. I shouldn't. I, I don't have it in front of me. But the, somebody from the Lakers is suing HBO, and I, I guess the production for the way I, it, uh, this is portrayed. And it'll be interesting because I know now the courts nowadays, man. Who knows what'll happen? Like twenty years oh, ago, it would have been like it would have been like you guys are public figures. You have no case here. But now, who knows? So it will be interesting to see how this plays out. If they're so offended, are they gonna? just take a dump on the first amendment because of this you're not allowed to there's no artistic expression anymore when you when you when you're dealing with real people because somebody might I, get offended i also wish or at least in the circle i'm running right now i wish more people would see this and maybe just i think a lot of these reactions that that are that we're reading about are very if people actually see the show the masses will dig this show. Yeah, I, I don't think, like... You know what I think is happening, and I'm going to reflect on what you're saying. I, I'm going to reflect it back to you. I think these articles are reaching sports fans. Not they're, yeah. they're, these aren't. It's not like sports fans who are movie fans. These are people who, who don't want to like this to begin with, yes. and now they're, they're pissed off because they love the Lakers, or they love the story of the Lakers, or they're macho men wannabe athletes who get off on, oh, that's, he's a manly man, you, no, 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 no. Yes. You know, I think, and also they don't want to see... If there was anything, they're primed you know, they want to the, get angry at something, but they also want that positive story. Like there's no negative behind. These were there's nothing behind that curtain. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so anyway, that's I guess what else? They, I, you know, I'm sorry I've been yelling for 27 minutes, but uh, it did kind of feel good to get that out because a lot of these articles are coming, and it makes me think. Like again, is this just is this just a planned response to a show? They knew the show was coming. They were consulted. I mean, they knew that makes the, moment, sense. the moment that show was in production, even before that, they knew this was coming. And this does feel like a reaction to it, which I don't think it's warranted because, first of all, it doesn't feel like anybody's talking about the show anyway. 
Yeah, so well, that's the other over, thing. It I mean, seems- it, maybe it's having the Streisand effect. Maybe this will bring new viewers and see a, a stupendous television program. They're, they're certainly trying to overload, you know, and def- push their stories so we forget about this TV show. I'm trying to think, like, have there ever been any other historical representations that have been just over the top insane? I mean, the only one that comes well, to mind they, is, well, is Bruce I, Lee well, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but... Yeah, but I when we were younger, um, wasn't there a uh, Reagan show that like didn't air for like a decade? Because that didn't too- air. Yeah, that that like that didn't air or didn't air on the station that it was supposed to. But also, we grew up in the era of Amy Fisher, and there was like three Amy Fisher stories, which was kind of like weird. But nobody and- nobody complained that they weren't accurate; they were just sensationalized. But Last yeah, Temptation guess- of Christ, I guess that was a bit of a controversy back in the day. <laughs> it no, wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't true to Jesus' story. But all right, the other thing I wanted to talk about quickly, we've been talking for a long time, even back, Brian, when we were the mobile horror companion and Joe Greenberg was our third host. Yes, yes. We were always talking about Netflix. And I remember specifically, uh, I think I think Joe had talked about how much credit card, not credit card debt, but how much debt the company was taking on. Yes. You know, and we were talking about like, wow, they're spending billions and what's the deal here and there are signs that like there are some cracks. There's definitely some cracks, I guess. Didn't they come out with something about stocks this week? Yeah, they did. They they their stock they forecasted for the first time they're they're actually going to have less subscribers than they did the year prior, I believe. And that caused their stock to drop dramatically. Which you think about it's insane. Why why the <laughs> stocks yeah. are just I obviously I don't I don't really have any stocks. I don't I don't understand it all. But we've been saying for a long time, sort of watching Netflix, and I do feel if I am if I want to watch a good show, uh, it's not I'm not going to find it on Netflix. If I want to find good least, original content, I'm going to go to Apple TV. I'm going to go to HBO. Netflix is not at the top of that list. Uh, Netflix is literally at the bottom. I will go to the two. Oh, well, I don't have. I will hit HBO, Hulu, Amazon. Well before I get to, you know, even Disney, I'll look at Disney now before I even look at uh, Netflix. Oh God, I'm watching Moon Knight. <sighs> I watched but, 20 minutes. It's horrible. But yeah, and we're not guys that are like anti-Netflix. I mean, I do. No, I, I think it's a disc. great service. I was doing the disc. Like I, I lived in Austin, New York with a dude near Sing Sing Prison. He had this discs you can get through the mail and this had to be like 1999 2000 was very early it was before i know it was before september 11 2001 and so i you know i was netflix from day one love the concept of getting discs in the mail and getting commentaries and all the you know watching like the thief commentary and then keeping it for as long as you wanted yep deep loving history as a movie fan as so many people are with netflix but at the end of the day it does seem crappier lately and so, anyway, this guy, Captain Midnight, he's a YouTuber. He has 560,000 subscribers. He did a, he's just a random dude. He did a video a month ago basically saying, hey, hey Netflix is, is something going on. You know, keep an eye on okay. Netflix. They're, they're going to fail. And I guess like he got a lot of crap in the comments. But he released a video on April 22nd titled, Netflix Has to Change. And he makes this point at the very beginning. It's a 12-minute video. We're not going to play the whole thing. I'm just going to play a quick clip. But he compares two shows, Russian Doll on Netflix to Succession on HBO. 
And he points out that he even has, he uses like the Google Trends chart. Okay. To point out that Russian Doll was getting talked about nonstop in comparison to Succession, the, the first seasons of both shows. Okay, yes. Where Succession just kind of limped on by and the whole world was talking about Russian Doll, Russian Doll, Russian Doll. But he says then Russian Doll just kind of disappears. And now, after a long time, the second season is upon us and no one's talking about it. No Meanwhile, one's talking, yeah. Succession has become sort of a cultural phenom. One of the biggest or probably the biggest thing on HBO, he argues. And his point is that, well, HBO has this, this uh, paradigm of letting shows breathe, letting them grow, letting the audience find the show. There's a human touch to it. While, in his opinion, Netflix just seems to be driven by its algorithm. Release okay. a show, then release another show, then dump another show, and the show, yeah. whatever it is, does, and we've sort of made this point not as eloquently yes. as this they're, guy. They're, they've always been a quantity they network just dump rather content. than a quality. Yeah, There's no difference on Netflix because, and he says they need, and his point is they need to start acting like, a movie studio like a studio yes yes as opposed like, to a tech company well see i want to say in the beginning they sort of did i'll even dare i mean i was lucky enough to i've done a bunch of shows for netflix and they're they're very they pay very well they're very nice and i love them and i'm a subscriber you know i paid subscriber but and i this think guy what also happened notes was that like that was an error they, they they started off and they were they were kick-ass yeah well that's the thing that Mentions Once like the, Mar the Marvel shows specifically. The Marvel shows, the uh, uh, the what well, the Fincher, uh, Mine Hunters, Orange. Well, no, no, is, the other is one, Black, the the House of Cards. Oh, okay, yes, 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 yeah, th th like, yeah, those were. And then they went into with production on of like, They were like, then they went into making movies. And now, now they're doing making a lot more of their own movies and these self uh, like mini doc things that are going on now less about the quality television and more about like let's turn out like like the walmart version of everything like it's so uh yeah and it is all everyone and must vanilla like it. And, yes and, and yes. interchangeable and i will say another thing this guy also points is that you know youtube has a youtube movie review movie reviewers <sighs> all love animation like they just they live and die for animation so They've all noticed that the other thing that happened in the last week or so, I guess the rap did a story saying Netflix, Netflix has a specific animation department that's essentially dead. It's been like almost, I don't know if everyone's leaving it or it's been, been disbanded or something oh, like, like that. Like their own animation shows. Yeah, and I didn't even realize. So my daughter, who's in third grade, she, you know, she watches Netflix kids and she has been watching endlessly all these I don't know if they're Netflix because you know I never know if it, like Netflix paid for this thing or they just bought the distribu distribution for it. So it's all these anime shows. She has been lost in the world of anime and has suddenly become like a huge anime fan by watching, and it's all Netflix animation. Oh, okay. My point, and this guy points out, well, if I'd asked five people on the street, do you know any, what's the latest animation on Netflix? No one knows because they just dump it out there. They're spending money on this. They're burning money on this content and then doing nothing to promote it. What they do promote is Boss Baby. They had a Boss Baby TV show, which was awful. Yes, yes. And so- I'm Very familiar with Boss Baby. Right. So there, he's pointing out like, this is why 
they're losing viewers. This is why we're seeing the problems that we're starting to see finally with Netflix. At the end of the day, probably pretty recoverable if they just change their attitude or view or whatever. Maybe they're just going through some unlucky stuff. The other thing is we all watch Netflix build up and I think the natural thing now is to try to tear them down. That's what we do we're, as humans. But we're also seeing a lot more companies, uh, specifically right. Apple, specifically Apple come in and, you know, I don't have Apple, but every show that they have on it is a show that I desperately want to see. I watched and Coda I think, last night. Is that any the good? Best picture. I mean, right. I mean, hey, look, it had me in tears several times. Like I had to get up and walk out of the rooms and my wife and kid wouldn't see me tearing up. Yeah. But I mean, at, in these days, that's anything. It's it's a good movie. I'm surprised it won best picture. Okay. Which is everybody, uh, everybody's saying that. But anyway, sorry. But but what I, you know, that's what I'm saying, though. Like Apple TV, they're, they're, they're especially their TV shows. Because that's what I go to more of like a Netflix. Some of you know, I we can all watch movies, but I look for a good like, hey, who's got the new good show on? And I just think they've become like, and I, I dare I say this, HBO did this a couple of years ago. They went through a a weird slump, or I just got well. I that's what I think. I I don't think HBO went through a weird slump. I don't think we we had aged out as the money-making target demographic, in my opinion, two I, old white guys. But I think there's a, hey. But they've started David to, David Simon's yeah, got a they, show on. They, yeah, David Simon's they, got a show on on Sunday that looks right. goddamn good. The thing to do is to appeal to everybody. You got to have your euphoria and okay. your uh, insecure. And also, yeah, you got to appeal to me and Brian with whatever. Showtime, the, the the Lakers show or winning time. We, yeah, we need or a depressing family drama, you know, type of uh, where everyone's watch. murdered. Yeah, <laughs> but so maybe I'll just play a quick clip and because I this guy I, I I thought it was a really good video. Uh, Captain Midnight, he's probably freaking nineteen, making eight times my salary by just posting YouTube while I'm sitting here in a basement. Uh. Russian Doll, on the other hand, just released its second season, also well reviewed. To I don't want to say silence, but clearly far less buzz than season one. This is not me slamming Russian Doll. I'm a fan. But I think it points to a far larger problem than just one show. Netflix series just aren't built to grow. Most of the time, the first season releases either catch a lot of attention and dominate the discourse for a week or two, or just pass by without much fanfare. With season two, it becomes even harder, with many shows failing to recapture that popularity that they briefly had. Is it any wonder most of their shows barely make it past the third season? Their dump everything at once model was a fun novelty back in 2015, but to me it's clear that in the long run they're really shooting themselves in the foot. Where shows like Succession, The Mandalorian, and Euphoria can hold on to an audience and grow fan passion over time, Netflix doomed a lot of its own shows to being flash in the pans, even when they're good enough to deserve better. About a year ago, I made a video with a, I will admit, pretty melodramatic title, The Fall of Netflix, in which I predicted that the loss of shows like Friends and The Office was going to be a big problem for the platform. These are beloved, constantly rewatched hits with hundreds- So I don't want to play the whole whole guy's video, but yeah, he's absolutely right. Yeah, yeah like, he's at, like- The, the yeah, Office and is, Friends and everything, yep. everything from the, that end point there. Where they I had to make their own- Where they had to almost make their own programming, but- keep it in that vein. And I think that's what's hurt them. 
Yeah, so I, I I think they can still turn it around. You know, I, I, I saw this other tweet and I retweeted. And I don't it. know if they have to. Like, it's not like they lost. You know, <laughs> right. that's the other. Yeah, thing. that's like true. we're not talking like. Oh, they're only making. Well, I mean, you know, I don't know. Companies are so crazy with their 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 revenue projections. I guess the whole world. All right, but here's know. the one thing. Hey, we that's only made five make, billion dollars. They should make more shows for angry white men, old white men. Because we're the ones that are too dumb that we won't cancel our subscription. We're like, ah, we'll just let it keep going. And I, I don't even know how to cancel my subscription. Good. Like, I can't. Yeah. I've tried. I, I still have Peacock. I can't. I can't get rid. I of mean, it literally, I guys. Six months ago, I had cable TV, so you know, I was cable and doing streaming. So I cut the cable cord. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Anyway, so that's our thoughts on that. That's a, that's just clocking in at forty minutes. So I I think that's all we can say about Netflix and Winning Time, the uh, libelous or slanderous show on HBO. I hope. Max. I mean, I I hope not because it's. I am because it would I'm only a hurt. Worried. I'm a little worried about that lawsuit because things are so unpredictable these days. So that would I, I think shame. it would actually hurt a lot of projects. Oh, oh the ramifications could, you know, would yeah, be awful. Yeah. For, for everything, I, you know, so, but who knows? I mean, there's so many crazy things happening in courts these days. Who the frick knows? So just take it easy, LA Lakers. I mean, no one's going to, it's not like this show is well, going to alter everyone's view. I mean, the Lakers are iconic. They're going to come out with just, their doc and everyone's going to love that and talk about that. Right. And, I mean, there's room for it's, all of it. There is. Yeah. It's not going to change anyone's mind and make them hate or look less upon the lakers and i'll all. be honest to me the seedier stuff is making me think they're cooler right i'm like oh these are humans these are humans like i a, love it it's like a 70s movie it was like you know the characters are not like you know there's and, that gray there and you let's know? be i mean what, what's what in all right let's like down to brass tacks what's more believable that they were perfect human beings and superheroes or that they were flawed people trying to have sex with everything that moved I mean, they're also, you know, 19 year old kid. I mean, what do you, th- yeah, right, you know, on. I'm not condoning it, but you know, there's listen, they, no sense cleaning up. I, what, what, what they're doing is perfect. So I don't want them to change anything. I just want more people to see it. All right. Well said, Mr. Stop Spears. watching the Johnny Depp trial and go oh. and watch winning time. All right. Y'all, oh, that's a good thing. Yeah. Cause you had brought that up. Uh, 41 minutes. Into the th- well, that's let's it. End. That's it. Well, let's end with like a brief discussion of the Johnny Depp trial. Although by the time this comes out, who knows? Right? <laughs> because this is we're recording this about two weeks in. Well, no, no, it's only a week in advance. I'm sorry, but yeah, I, 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 you know, I'm interested in the Johnny Depp trial in that look. I like us. I mean, obviously, I like a salacious show or a salacious tale as much yeah. as the next guy. And Johnny Depp. I mean, you know, what's his name? Doug Stanhope's stories about living and moving in with Johnny Depp and the two of them just being Hunter S. Thompson wackos together. Those are appealing. You know, the drunkalog, the drunk yeah. stories that those guys have are very entertaining, and I'm into that. That being I mean, said, listen, I don't. I I'm not following this domestic. I'm not I, it's following just, the whole thing. Is I don't understand it. I'm not following only enough to read headlines and like when it's a really like hey you know there's you know when 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 Amber Turd is uh, hashtagged. Right. <laughs> and, right. You know I think that's hilarious. It's wrong, but I'm just I what I want to just say is they're both freaking crazy. Yeah, like uh, yeah, I'm I, not gonna pick one side. Yeah, because uh, I don't know enough. But I mean, you know, this really like, you know, I know a lot of people are behind Johnny Depp and I'm, you know, well, it creeps me out. That that guy was nuts. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, there are those well-documented other court filings about how he was spending money and sort of out of control, allegedly. I do get weirded out by the hate for Amber Heard from psychos online. That makes me think like, all right, uh, leave the woman alone for God's sake. They're all human. They're all human. It's not looking good for her during this case, or at least, or at least what I'm reading. Um, I try to like, I'll I'll be on like Reddit or I'll see something on Twitter and it'll be like, you know, one of those Depp destroys or somebody Amber Heard looks. And then I'm trying to watch the clip and it's just like, I mean, I've attended attended more than my share of court cases. So I totally am familiar with when a lawyer hangs. Can you read a page? Are you familiar with this document, Mr. Depp? Uh, yes. Uh, can you read page 20 of it? Uh, and then someone would be like, oh, wait, objection. What? Where is that? Page 20 of what? Of column A? I, like, I, I get all that. But I just turn them all off. I'm like, I, I can do this during well, my day job. I don't need to. So I haven't. I've never gotten to the own part or the part I'm supposed no, to be I'm only by. watching clips, but I find it hilarious. But I do think like the love for Johnny Depp is a little distracting and a little like, let's wait for everything that, to, to iron out. And they're both whack jobs. That's all I'm going to say. And like, just, I don't know, like stay off of it for a while. Like, I, I don't know, like they're picking on her. Like I feel I'm worried. Well, yeah. Yeah. There's definitely on there's true online harassment. Bullying is probably borders on uh, illegal. The stuff that I've and if seen she's over, the, guilty, over the years now, if she's guilty, she'll pay for it. You know, for sure. It'll ruin her, you know, everything. So right. People whatever should just leave her alone. On. Yeah, Leave them both let the alone, court deal it. But the uh, the only other thing, the other thing that uh, I was like impressed by, and I didn't read the article, like it was one of the, I just read the headline. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Where I think, uh, I mean, Johnny Depp, okay. So he, you know, he's on 21 Jump Street. I'm going to go through his whole career. Why not? Yeah. He's on 21 Jump Street, right? Whatever. He's a nightmare on Elm Street. We all kind of sort of maybe not really remember him from that. And he becomes like a teen idol, right? You know what I mean? When we were younger, he was like one of yes, those. Him, he and was Richard, totally... him and Richard Grieco yep. were, were pretty but, I mean, boys. For years, yeah. But Depp does this weird thing where he's established himself quite quickly as an interesting actor, you know, and especially with Tim Burton. Uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grave? And he does all these indie movies. And it's like, and then he's like, as we get older and he grows and he's doing Jim Jarmusch movies like Dead Man. And he's like the coolest. Yep. He, he becomes like a legitimate cool ass actor where it's you're interested on whatever he's going to choose next he gets that interesting then he kind of fades away a little bit you know what i mean he's getting older he's not like the he's not like the the the, the movie star matinee he makes a couple i, of I remember he tried with nick of time to be an action hero and that wasn't and it really good, right? didn't work out because like he was let, let's also just preface he was a heartthrob throughout his career to the point where he never really was a huge hit of in, in any movie. No movie was a huge blockbuster for him. So he was always trying for that. So yeah, like his career. Ed Wood's his best movie. Yeah. I love, that's, a, that's a great movie. But so anyway, then he makes, right, his career's fading a little bit. And he just gets cast in the Pirates of the Caribbean, a yeah. movie based on a ride at Disney. <laughs> and it launches him into Tom Cruise, biggest star in the world that stratosphere. And apparently they asked him during this trial, had he ever seen Pirates of the Caribbean? And he's like, no, I never saw the movie. <laughs> no, never saw never, it. Never saw the movie. <laughs> and I just thought, hands down, the coolest thing ever. He didn't see the movie that basically... Never saw it. Finance, and I've never seen it either. I, I'm like, yeah, me and Johnny Depp have... That's the one thing me and Johnny Depp have in common. I have never seen... Pirates of the Caribbean. 
Sure, uh, some of you listening probably have. Huh? You should probably think about that and, and, and watch Winning Time instead. Boom, that's it. Let's call it a day. Later. See you next time.